This is episode number 286. How long does your voice carry on after you are gone? With Scott Mason, Casey Berman, and Caleb Pearson. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohit, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a few quick announcements. First one being an invitation to our upcoming weekly conversation that takes place every single Friday at 10.45 a.m. Central Time, hosted through LinkedIn Live and Facebook Live, where we explore the connection between one's personal narrative and the topics of grief, resilience, gratitude, appreciation, and many other topics. If this is of interest to you, please consider joining us on any given Friday at 10.45 a.m. Central Time or searching any of the previous conversations through our archive on YouTube by simply searching Overcoming Odds where you'll be able to find a complete directory of all the conversations that we've had to this particular point. The second announcement that I wanted to make is in regard to our work, and that is if our work has had any form of impact in your life, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google, or supporting our cause by making a contribution through our website at overcomingodds.today. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, Scott Mason and Casey Berman. <laughs> I saw Scott jamming out in the background there to the song. I'm assuming you like the soundtrack. I may have you get involved in the selection of the theme music for all of my future <laughs> podcast seasons. I have to say, your taste in music that I like is better than my own. How do you do that? That's awesome, man. You know what I like more than I do. I'm blown no, away. <laughs> I always enjoyed that process because I, I think there's something to be said about being able to put oneself in whatever the state that I want to experience. In fact, I remember recently a friend of mine, she asked me, she said, how do you pick podcasts or how do you pick books? And it was a fascinating question because a, I don't think I've ever been asked that question before. And I just said, you know, I pick these things based on the way that I want to feel, not the way that I'm currently feeling, but the way that I want to feel. And she kind of just looked at me and she was like, wait, what? Like, I don't do that. <laughs> so I find like these, everything, I mean, it's all part of the experience. Um, and so in including this, this discussion that we're going to have, and I know Caleb will be joining us shortly, but this theme that I really wanted to explore with the two of you, I honestly couldn't think of a better group to have this conversation with. Well, A, because uh, Casey and Scott are back. So there's going to be, you know, a little bit of a back and friendly back and forth fire exchange between it's the hatred, two. It's <laughs> hatred. <laughs> no, Love <but> I, <laughs> I wanted to explore this because I've I don't think I've actually had this conversation with the two of you before when it comes to legacy and, and leaving certain things behind and how the current things are impacting the generations that are in front of us the generations ahead of us and so I, I wanted to maybe even start off by once again, addressing the question above us and wherever it goes, that's where it goes. So when you think about this, how long does your voice carry on after you are gone? 
is that even an important element to the way that you live your life right now? And if so, why? Scott, thoughts? I'll let you go. I've got lots of thoughts about that. Thank you. <laughs> Let's hear it. First of all, Jessica, uh, you know, one thing I would love to hear your thoughts on Oleg's music taste here, too, because I think that they're aligned to some of the music tastes that you and I have and who's, the singers whose voices have endured for a long time and will be enduring indefinitely. I won't name any names here because I'm sure everyone's sick of hearing about it. But <laughs> on the subject of musicians and their voices, one year when watching American Idol, the well-known actress and singer Jennifer Hudson was a contestant. And at one point, I think Ryan Seacrest, the host, asked her, Jennifer, why are you up here? What is, what is your purpose in life or what are you trying to do? And she said, and, and she became so emotional, it was like tears were being held back. She said, the only thing that I want to do is be able to have my voice heard by the world. She knew somewhere inside that her voice needed to be heard. In preparation for this show, Oleg, I researched Hesiod, who was one of the very early poets from whom much of our knowledge about Greek mythology and religion arises. He was a shepherd, and he lived in an obscure part of Greece, and he had a brother, Perses, who he believed had taken away his rightful heritage. He talks about how, and this was obviously metaphorical, one of the nine muses, the, the people, the goddesses who guided art and inspiration and inspired the voices or the visions of those who, who were creating for the future, met him in a mountaintop and gave him the gift of his voice. So at around 750 BC, he began his career as an oratorical poet. And his words have stuck with us. 3,000 years later, we're still talking about them. The story of him finding the muse, I think, goes as to the heart of your question. One time I was talking about zombie movies and post-apocalyptic films with someone that worked for me, and I may have shared this story on the show before with someone that worked for me while I was with the city. And I was telling her, oh, I would be so-and-so in this post-apocalyptic world. And I always say this, I'm the one you want with you when the apocalypse arrives. I'm strong, I'm tough, I'll make it through and I will help rebuild civilization. I'm good at that sort of stuff. <laughs> she said, oh, not me, Bold I'll statement. be dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She said, I'm one of the background people, the ones that die in the first episode or I'm in the horde of zombies that's just already died when the episode has started. So I do believe that there are people that believe that their voice or their impact, for whatever reason, just is there, that their purpose is to live in the moment, experience whatever they experience, maybe have kids or maybe have a job that helps the machinery of society move forward. But then there are those who are approached by a muse. And to me, those who are approached by the muse face a choice. Do you reach for her? Do you follow where she takes you? And then if not, okay. But if you do, then I believe that for those people, the imperative of having their voice last beyond their life for as long as is possible becomes an imperative. And by the way, people's muses sometimes may not take the form of a voice. It may take the form of building something. 
And so the creation of legacy through action, someone like Alexander the Great or like Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, those are people whose muses are in, in action and they may be expressing their voice through <clears throat> the buildings or arch if they're an architect, the buildings that they create or the businesses that they build or the governmental reforms, for instance, if you're a Bernie Sanders that you hope to see implemented through your work. But specifically with regards to voice, the vocalization or the enunciation, the throwing out of our story into the world, whether through song, if you're Jennifer Hudson, or if you through oratory, poetry, if you're Hesiod, or through any other number of means, it's whether you accept the calling of that muse. And then if, it, if you follow it, the potential, of course, is enormous nearly, like I said, 3,000 years for Hesiod. But even if it's outlasted you by generations, the ripple impact of any voice standing out in the sea is potentially unlimited. Your voice may in turn inspire the next Hesiod. Mm -hmm. So my, my question, I guess, for you, Scott, and then Casey, I would love to hear your perspective on this as well, is why why is now not enough? Mason? Yes. Because if you, for many people, I do think now is enough. Their voice may be in family affairs or just their job or whatever is before them in the moment. But I do believe that the purpose of a calling is for it to outlast us, to transform or change other people internally or to change society or to provide other people with frameworks or narratives. If the voice that we have is solely limited to those in our immediate sphere, then the possibility for impact isn't there. Now, there are many people for whom impact, I'm sure, exists purely as a matter of ego. And I believe that for those people, they may achieve the impact. But I suspect that the impact that they have and the legacy that they leave behind is more cautionary <clears throat> or ambivalent. But if the muse comes to you, it's not just because you have a gift that she comes to you. And it's not purely for the sake of legacy that she takes you on a dance. It's also because on some level or another, the gods only intervene if they want the affairs of humanity to change. The mm. purpose of our voice is for changes that are necessary to actually have a chance to happen. And that to me is why many people, myself, strive, and myself included, I should say, myself uh, strive to be able to have our voice heard for a very long time afterwards. We may not succeed. We ultimately may not determine how long, how far, how wide our voice's impact is goes or will be felt but we strive does that answer your question yeah mm -hmm. casey what are your thoughts <clears throat> so my thought to answer it literally you know how long does your voice carry on after you're gone 
it could carry on forever. If you think about, and, and you need not be famous. Now, if we want to talk about famous people in history, that's one thing. Uh, so how nuanced do we want to get to voice and carry on? But if you think about people who are not well-known, they're known by their family members, they're known by their tribe, they're known by 20 people, their voice carries on forever, for better or for worse. I think all of us have beliefs, consciously or subconsciously, that come from past generations, whether it's in our own family or whether it's from generations of culture, um, mother culture, as they call it. So my voice will carry on. It could go indefinitely, forever. That may not be a good thing. I might harm my children. I might, they may pass it on to, to their to my grandchildren and great grandchildren. And it's some belief I had, which I took from my dad and mom, which I took from my grandparents. So my voice can carry on forever. All of our voices can carry on forever. Now I know it's tempting to go to the, the, the voice of famous people. And, but I want everyone to know that we're all famous in a certain way. We're all well known in a certain way and that your voice there's a responsibility around around what we say, even if it's a, just a small community, even if it's just your family that'll impact. So I think our voice carries on uh, forever um, after we're gone. And so then that leaves us the choice of how do we act? Do we want to build, you know, you mentioned the word legacy. Do we want to think purposeful about it? Um, so if a Jennifer Hudson says she wants the world, welcome, Caleb. If Jennifer Hudson says she wants the world to hear her voice, my question to her would be, what's the message in your voice? What are the beliefs in your voice? Um, so I think our voice carries on forever. And then it's, it's kind of us as accountable to say what and determine what beliefs um, and what, what notions are, is our voice going to express. Can you briefly touch upon the topic, which I find fascinating, where you talked about everyone can be famous in their own way? Because I know this is something I personally have found challenging, I don't know, for however many years where I thought that fame only applied to those who have celebrity status or whatever it is. How do you personally understand that you can be famous in your own way? What, what does that mean to you? Well, <clears throat> so let's look at this sentence. How long does your voice carry on after you're gone? It can carry on forever. Mm -hmm. The question would be whether people recognize it's your voice or not. So there are a lot of beliefs that I have that some monk in the 1200s, some rabbi in the 1800s, some, some person in 1930 uh, expressed somewhere. You know, they say we, we stand so tall we see so far because we stand on the shoulders of giants. And so I don't know who those giants are. I don't know. Some I know. Some I know their names. Alexander the Great, um, who has Cicero, um, right? Willie Mays, right? There are people that, that in my life and that I read about. But there's so many people that have expressed beliefs throughout the millennia that I don't even know their names, but I am living their beliefs. I am living it. So when you say then how you can be famous, I think this is, this has always been the case. 
But nowadays with the internet, we all have our tribes. And so we're all can be famous, even if it's just 20 people, even if it's a LinkedIn following, even if it's a podcast, even if it's just just your family. So all of these little tribes, we can we can be famous. And I think, you know, many of us aspire to have millions of followers here or there and to be famous in. I don't know. When is the threshold? Right. When are you famous? When are you well known? Um, it used to be you had your name on a you know, in the eighties, I'm dating myself. You had your name on a, on a paper, right? Time magazine or, or the New York times. Nowadays it's so democratized and so distributed that you could be famous on some Reddit stream. And, and, you know, that brings you, that brings you money that brings you acclaim. So there's so many ways for us to be famous in, in a great way because uh, it opens up again, democratizes it. But if that's the case, then your voice will carry on forever. I think one thing that I try to do is understand that I have been influenced by a lot of voices, a lot of beliefs, a lot of ideas, a lot of thoughts for better or for worse. And I don't know who these people are and I never will know who they are. So hopefully my voice and some ideas that I have, which aren't my own, they're coming from some other, I'm just a medium. Hopefully they'll impact people in 10 days, 10 years, in a thousand years. Um, and, and I can contribute, contribute to that. I, a few minutes ago, and I want to thank everyone for your patience with me. The comments that Melody and Jessica put in earlier distracted me when you were asking me a question, I was really feeling them. And so for those of you who notice that I was hesitating there. It's because what I was reading was impacting me. One of the things that particularly impacted me that goes as to exactly what you were just saying, Casey, was Jessica's remark on 12.03 p.m. And that remark goes as to one interesting element of and an ambiguity in Oleg's underlying question. How does your voice carry on? So it's not clear from the question, and I think there's beauty and ambiguity, whether the question and what or what he was referring to as being carried on was your voice or the voice that happened to be yours. How I'm understanding what both Jessica and Casey are saying is with regards to the voice being the message the thoughts, the intentions, or the contribution to the overall social dialectics going on. And I do think that that's true. All of ours can go on forever so long as we contribute to it. And so long as we are social creatures, mm -hmm. I agree we are contributing to it. However, to what extent are you merely repeating conventional wisdom or what a zillion other people have said without any twist of your own or to what extent are you adding your own twist on it uh, even if it's a minuscule one uh, to my view impacts whether the message or whether the voice is truly yours or the message of others that you are purely a mouthpiece of mm. And by the way, Melody, congratulations on accepting what your muse has offered you. Mm -hmm. I saw that comment too. And that in particular affected me a few minutes ago. A powerful statement. It's awesome. Caleb, what are your thoughts on all this? Oh, you uh, hit unmute. Oh. There you are. 
You're good. There we go. Okay, we good. <laughs> Let me first apologize. It's 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 a Friday. Yeah, no um, I'm in my office. You see me, but uh, but no. Um, I did think a lot about this uh, coming into here, and I'm kind of understanding what Scott and Casey uh, are getting at um, when it comes to your voice and what it's saying. Is it being heard after you're gone? Um, and and correct me if I'm wrong, Scott or Casey, but in the, I guess, thought of your voice, is that being your contribution to a life lived uh, interactions um, with those people and experiences in a life lived? Is, is, is that what we are referring to? Uh, am I wrong? No, you think you're correct. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, which ultimately is what your legacy and uh, whether you want to or not, uh, my thought about leaving a legacy, uh, everybody does leave, leave a legacy. Um, it's, it's how you're remembered. Um, it's what you left behind, what people will say about you after you are gone, whether it's negative or positive or whether you intentionally set it up to be that way or not. Um, I think everybody uh, essentially leaves one. But that being said, um, I think you can influence the outcome of your legacy, especially having knowledge that you're going to leave one regardless. Um, and I think some people can say, I don't, I don't care um, how people think about me or whatever after I'm gone. But is that really true? Um, to what extent do you really not care about what somebody has thought about you after you've been, you know, you've been on this planet, you've had your interactions and then you're gone. Um, I think ultimately deep down, everybody seeks uh, approval or love or what have you from the people that they've interacted in their uh, with in their lives, whether they've held them close to them socially or have loved them even. Um, I think a lot of people want to know, well, what did you think of the life that I lived? Did I succeed? Um, and then what did I impart? Um, that's mm -hmm. kind of where I'm thinking right now. And I'm, I'm going to be listening so mm -hmm. I can contribute more to the conversation. But yeah, that's kind of where my head is right now. Is it fair to assume then, and this could be a question for, for anyone on here as well as Jessica and Melody that's a part of this, that everyone is striving for a sense of legacy? So I looked up the word legacy before we came here, and in the Latin root, it originally comes from the word ambassador. And so you would leave a legacy back then as, as an ambassador or think of it as like a PR person or someone your stand-in, someone representing you, someone telling a good story about you. And and then over the years, it became leaving behind something, money, uh, your will, your estate. And then yeah. now it's, it, it's a bit more ephemeral, like, you know, your, your your reputation and so on, right? So, but when you think about where legacy really came from, it was this idea of, I want to, as Caleb was talking about, leave behind a good this is a good image of who I am while I'm alive, right? I'm going to send a legacy to Rome to do X, Y, Z for me. And so 
so so this idea of wanting to be remembered i mean we see this in in art we see we see it in everywhere and uh for many years right for thousands of years and so i don't know if it's healthy necessarily that we humans need to to worry about about how people think about us but to cable's point you know we want love we want approval and ironically we're thinking about the approval people are going to have for us after we're dead we're doing that while we're not dead while we're alive mm -hmm. right um so we all do it it's natural i think i think about it as well I think the question really is when you think about your legacy, what, what is the attention intention? What is the purpose behind it? Is it altruistic? Is it something where you want to help? Is it more of, I want a statue and I want everyone to think about me. Cause that's, you know, that that's more egoic. I think for me, where I am in my life at, at 47 years old and, and kind of shedding the ego, as we say, the, the second half of our life is unlearning, uh, second part of our life is unlearning most, if not all, that we learned in the first part. So I'm definitely, I'm definitely there in that confusing spot. But <laughs> I think, I think for me, I am trying to be less concerned about about a legacy, about how people think of me. That's just gonna, that's gonna shape up. That's just gonna be whatever it will be. The point I'm trying to do is what you mentioned, Oleg, in the write up for this and earlier is 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 being in the moment doesn't mean i can't record things doesn't mean i can't memorialize things and get it down to be remembered of course not but for me the more i think about well how will people be how will i be remembered if i do xyz i think what that does is it really impairs the motivation it impairs what i'm doing at the moment and so all of a sudden now I'm I'm thinking in the present and I'm thinking in the future. And so it's like meditating so that I can get better in my life. Meditation is about kind of connecting with another dimension, but now I want to take that so I can do well in this dimension. It it muddles everything. So mm -hmm. I think my voice will be best in the future. Um, which really there is no future. There's always the internal present, like right now, like there really is no tomorrow. It's just now happening now um and now and now and now but if we want to use the word future in in sort of this linear thinking i would say then that for my voice to be i guess most beneficial in the future is for me to really be focused on the now because uh i'll have the best intention i'll mm -hmm. i'll be really just just here like if i'm if i'm in this podcast right now thinking about how people are going to think about this in a year from now i mm -hmm. i won't be authentic i won't mm -hmm. be sincere well, I think you also you bring up a couple uh, couple points that made me think about this. First one is this concept of being remembered, and this is something that I either picked up from one of the books or maybe just personal <clears throat> realization or experience that I've had, and that is really you're only remembered by those that choose to take the time to remember. That was the first big realization that I've mm -hmm. had. So even that part is not guaranteed. You may pass, but and this is one I'll share briefly a thing that I did. Um, uh, for Casey, Mr. I don't know if Scott, you were a part of it or or not, but essentially I put put together this book for Casey to celebrate his life and the impact he's had in my life and so many other people. And that that to me is a form of remembering. That to me is is passing down something to you in tangible form that you can then read and process and reconnect and do all these other things. But unless if I didn't take the time to do that. You would have never received that. 
you would have no, never known many of the things, which also I think ties into Melody's point here. And that is, I think there are those who don't delve deep enough yeah. to even think of their legacy. Yeah. And that to me is an interesting point for a couple of reasons. And I would love to hear, hear all of your insights on this. And that is, why is that? Is legacy too big of a concept that has been constructed for us to even have a conversation around? So that's the first question that comes to mind. And then the second part is, is that even understood? I mean, at the core, even let's say for the sake of this conversation, the four of us plus everyone that's in the comments, Jessica, Melody, and whoever else that's tuning in right now, do we even understand what it means to have a sense of legacy? A certain ex-president said during a presidential debate, I'm going to be dead. I don't care about my legacy. Mm -hmm. And I think that he was sincere. He was, if nothing else, authentic. No one ever accused this particular president of being a phony. He was accused of a lot of other things, as all presidents are, but not that particular thing. And that goes as to what I believe is the truth in the fundamental truth in Melody's statement. I do believe that not all of us are wired the same. Not all of us have the same mental capacity. Not all of us have the same concerns. And it can be easy because of the law of attraction for people who are like in their thinking, like in their capacity, similar in their interests to gather and then assume that that's the way the whole world is. To me, Melody's point is a fair one, a reminder, not everyone is the same. And that is okay. They may not be concerned about that. That being said, moving it back to the originating question in this discussion, and in particular, Casey's remark earlier, that doesn't mean that they won't have a legacy or that their voice will not last forever. There is something to be said about what Casey said a minute ago, understanding that we are truly living in the present only. The future is only uh, a mental construct. Mm -hmm. And when we attempt to control what that legacy is, then we are acting in, as again, Casey correctly said, an egotistical fashion and egotistical drives to having our voice heard ultimately lead, in my opinion, not always, but in many, many cases to negative legacies. But so can ignoring the fact that we are part of a larger stream. Um, that ultimately leads to an ocean that this conjectural future at any given time ultimately does come to pass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I wonder to not don't delve deep enough. I wonder, like, I'm not sure I'm, I'm delving deep enough mm -hmm. for, for a legacy. I think my legacy will be again, whatever it is. And I, when I say I'm not concerned about my legacy, I don't, I don't think it's being flippant or, or not being deep enough. I mean, I think of, I think of the freedom fighters in in France during during the Holocaust. I think of so many of the unnamed people during the civil rights movement that we don't know their names. I think of all of the people. I think of the the person in Tiananmen Square in '89 who faced off that tank. We don't know his name, 
Uh, I think of all of these people who have done so much, I don't know their names. There could be un, uh, there, there's photos, possibly there's stories. And I don't know if they were concerned with their legacy when they did what they did. Maybe they thought about their children. Maybe they, they, they heard MLK and were just inspired. I don't know, but I, I, I'm not concerned if someone isn't concerned about their legacy. I think where, I, I think the legacy shapes, the legacy shapes after it. And, um, I'm, I really admire and respect them for being in the moment. You know, you can't think much about, about racing into the woods in France and with the Nazis chasing you. I mean, you kind of just do it mm -hmm. or you, or you're with the collaborators, right? You don't think much about, about marching in Selma in the fifties. I mean, you just, just kind of get inspired and you do it. Um, I don't think that person thought much about, about opposing the Chinese tank in Tiananmen Square. You kind of know it, you feel it, and you do it, and the legacy legacy shapes after. So for me, I'm not too concerned about my legacy. I'm doing things right now that that feel right, that I know help, and my legacy will shape. If, if people don't like me down the road or they speak disparagingly about me, I that's their projection on me. I, I wish it wasn't the case. To Caleb's point, we all want approval. It would hurt. But uh, I think I have kind of been in the moment, like you said, Oleg, and I think the work I do helping lawyers leave the law, working the work I've done with my wife, with my children, um, you know, for me has been hard. I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. I'm making a ton of mistakes, but uh, there, there is a muse. Just Scott, to your point earlier, there, there is some muse. I didn't find it on a mountaintop and the message has been a little staticky and it's come in and out, but the, the, there's some voice that's not my voice, but another voice. Maybe it's my voice echoing back to me. I don't know. This is making me think. But there has been some voice when I left the corporate world, when I left law, that um, has steered me steered me down another path. And I think for me, it's important as you're thinking about it, Oleg, you always ask very easy questions. But I think <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> as, as I think through, this conversation is really helping me realize that um, you know my legacy will will be shaped kind of about what I do in the moment. Mm -hmm. So, although I'm going to push back hard about one component <laughs> of this, Casey, I ask that you actually re-listen to your own interview with me on my podcast, and I think that it will be very clear to you when you hear yourself that there was a muse on your mountaintop, and that her voice was clear. Yeah, yeah, I mm -hmm. I need to, yeah. I'm 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 finding all of this quite interest, interesting because I mean I share I understand um, everybody's views but I, I'm thinking uh, am I focused on the acts or experiences that I have had or will have that um, maybe you know strikes somebody's interest that goes down to is the legacy not my name but what I do. Um, like you mentioned, Casey, you know, we have you know, there's so many unnamed people that have done extraordinary things that we just don't know who they are. Um, or is am I maybe I'm not so focused on what I'm doing, but maybe like you said before, who's going to remember me or what is my representation, my avatar after I'm gone? Um, and do I care more about who it is that it, that is remembering me and not so much? 
um, what I'm remembered for. For instance, I mean, I don't have any children, but I would love to think that my children would be my my focus of legacy. Um, was I a good father? Um, did I raise them and educate them correctly? Did I keep them out of jail? Did I keep them safe? Um, are they happy? Did I impart the things on them that, you know, wants them to do good things and be, you know, uh, whatever morally and ethically is to you um, in the world? Did I did I impart that onto them? Um, so I think uh, unintentionally, right, uh, people do great things and maybe they don't remember their name, but they remember what it is that they've done. Uh, but I, am I not so much focused on the act and more focused on who it is that I'm acting for. Um, mm. What's my what's my avatar after it, and who is who who do I want to see that avatar? Um, maybe is maybe it is just my children, right? Um, yeah, I'm living in the now for myself and for them, but I do know that someday I'm going to go, hopefully before they do. Um, Will they remember that dad taught them this lesson? Will they stay away from this area because dad said, hey, I have experience here. I've lived it. This is going to make you better. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Those are, those are my thoughts on, on the topic. Uh, maybe it's focused more on who's, who's listening, who's hearing my voice. Well, so then, Caleb, I have to ask, going back to the question at the top of the screen, how mm -hmm. long does your voice carry on? Are you saying from a legacy perspective, then, that the length of time that your legacy carries is tantamount to the length of time that your avatar exists? In other words, the length of time that, as Oleg mentioned earlier, people are stopping and choosing to to think about you because mm -hmm. right they're deciding to commit even a few seconds of their time to mm -hmm. your memory and if so are you saying that you are comfortable or the majority of people perhaps if you'd like to take it out that long are comfortable with the legacy that they have with regard to their voice lasting perhaps until the generation after they pass away yeah, or just within their bloodline, right? As long as that bloodline is there, and maybe if they've done significant something significant within their own family that said, "Hey, grandpa," or your go your great grandpa, or whatever. Uh, because think about it. it, it's it's probably a whole lot more common than we think. Um, I don't know what my great 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 grandpa or grandmother did, or uh, how they live. But uh, taking it back to what Casey said about the origin of a legacy. Think about Rome, uh, em emperors, right? Roman emperors wanted to be de deities because they wanted to be remembered. It was an insult to have their names stricken from the history books because they knew that at some point their line would die out or at some point somebody would forget them. Think about king kings and queens, pharaohs of Egypt. Um, you know, maybe the legacy is 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 and the avatar is something that is symbolic, like such as a pyramid or a statue. We're going to continue to remember who that person was, maybe not particularly specifically the small things they did, but definitely the great triumphs that they did because they're still physically around. We can see it. Right. Um, Christ, you have the cross. Um, 
the legacy is in that it, it I mean he's it's one of many symbols right there's the bible and uh everything there's one of many avatars but uh maybe the 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 to to go back to the question the the links to which a one's voice carries on after they're gone is um the longevity of the audience and I'm the symbol that they've left behind then I will say something that's radical and extreme, but I <laughs> oh will boy. throw it down right now. That is a tragedy. Mm. And I would even say it's potentially a moral crime. If it's one thing to be, and I want to make a clear differentiation here. It's one thing to act in the moment, to be thinking about others as part of a larger picture and therefore being, for instance, the anonymous person who was marching on the bridge in Selma or and was fire hosed down or who was part of the freedom rides in the South and sacrificed their lives or their physical safety mm. to be part of something that's larger because that larger change required numbers of people in order to gain traction. That is nevertheless an intentional connection to a bigger picture, an intentional choice to be a tributary on the larger river, as opposed to saying my legacy is going to be that I was nice to my child or I was this or that in my bloodline only. Mm. Because I will argue as well that there are movements and needs for everyone everywhere and we all need to be involved and we always have needed to be involved to the extent that we have the freedom and the capacity to do so and so if we are making a choice to say that my legacy is merely going to be within my bloodline and that my grandchildren remembered grandpa in a nice way or that i was i treated my wife well and that that my children were raised well well you know what you've met the minimal threshold for being a decent human, justifying your place on the earth. But all of us, all of us, except those perhaps with extremely limited capacities or who may have been victims of some tragedies, I don't want to talk about those really unfortunate outliers, but all mm. of us have the capacity to be part of something bigger than mm. just what's in our bloodline. I believe and would like to argue that all of us have the obligation if we have a voice to at least try and be that anonymous person in something. You may not, as Casey indicated, have the gifts or the circumstances to become famous. So what? Mm -hmm. The world needs and has needed us. And the loss, incalculable loss and human suffering, I will bet you, has occurred because too many people have made those sorts of choices about their legacy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I completely agree with you, Scott. I think it is, uh, it's a moral obligation for every human being uh, to, to, to act, to get involved, to, to spread whatever it is in, in whatever movement to act on behalf of those who cannot. But you know, the truth, the tragedy as you spoke of, is the uh, people don't mm -hmm. um or they're aligned the wrong or i wouldn't say wrong right who am i to tell you that you're wrong but they're aligned in other ways um and there is lack of movement the, the tragedy but the true fact is just people don't um and it is unfortunate it really is unfortunate uh there is so much going on where every single person that is able 
um, could make waves, right? Could make waves uh, by doing some of the most simplest things. Uh, and that could be part of their legacy. Uh, mine, right, I, I just like probably many of you, uh, all, all three of you, I, I maybe, like Casey said, he doesn't really worry so much about his legacy, but he definitely is an influencer. He knows that his words have weight. He knows he's affecting somebody, impacting somebody. He's got to be cognizant of that, right? Um, what am, am I saying something that is going to push somebody into a, a new level over that threshold? It could mm -hmm. be something as simple as that, sharing an experience. Um, even though I'm not worried so much particularly about how I'm remembered, but I do know that while I'm here, I'm having an impact. Mm -hmm. I choose to. And that's a big part of it, though, Scott, is choice. Yeah. There's a difference between knowing and choosing. It's huge. And acting. Mm, and acting. Well, one thing I just want to add is, you know, when you think about your voice and something that we've talked about, but one of the ways humans, and I'll make this this history lesson very short and won't, won't bore everyone, but <laughs> humans jumped to the top of the food chain a hundred thousand years ago with our voice, mm. with our language, the language and culture enables enabled humans a hundred thousand years ago to be able to collect all of our tribe together, make a plan and send all the wildebeest into a dead end in a valley so that we could kill them and eat and, and take their meat and their hides. Right. So a lot of animals can't do that. We do know some chimpanzees can take, you know, they use tools, they take a, a, a grass and put it in and collect the termites and, and eat, but you don't see that many animals using language and culture in the way that, that we do. And, and we jumped, how did we become top of the food chain with our, with our smarts, with our tools, with our planning? Um, that also made us very anxious. And this is what Harari talks about in the book Sapiens. You know, how the heck in 100,000 years we jumped to the top of the food chain while these big tigers and lions and bears and all that were, were we were able to kill them. We, we felt insecure. What it also did is now there's identity. There's your voice. There's Caleb's voice. There's Scott's voice. There's Casey's voice. There's Ola's voice. There's Jennifer Hudson's voice. There's Jeff Bezos' voice. Which voice is more popular? Which voice is bigger? Which voice is more of an influence? And that's a rat race. I'm not going to win it. Who's going to win it? And so there's, for me, and I know we're running on time, so I'll make it short. But for me, I think one shift that I've made is to not really focus on my voice. It has made me dampen my ego and, and really realize that something is channeling through me. So I think we need to act. You need to get out there. You need to, to do this, right? And so if you want to teach your child, maybe start a blog. Do what Oleg did. Um, start a podcast like, like Scott. You know, get out there. And, and actually act on this inspiration. Mm. I think for me, the reason I'm not concerned with my legacy is not because of something I'm more enlightened than anyone else, not at all. It's, I think I've really realized that, that the more I focus on my voice, the more I continue to separate us. Mm -hmm. And mm. is my voice big? Do I have more followers than Caleb does? Is my voice out there? Now, you want metrics, I get it. We're all in this together. So yeah, I do want to see if people are following me. Of course, I'm not immune to that. 
but I have a foot in this and I also have a foot out of it saying, it's okay. The voice is going to happen. That story is going to happen. And if it's just three people in 30 years that get something from me, then, then that's how it is. But I just implore everyone to realize that your voice need not be up against other people's voices, but that I think, cause that just kind of perpetuates this separation amongst us all, but that do act and get your voice out there, but realize that it's, it's actually part of the collective. Like Scott said, it's, it's another tributary on, on all of us in the same, in the same river to the same ocean. Wow. Wow. To all of you for, for this conversation. And, and I think Jessica put it best. Such a great conversation today. I need to come back and take notes on this. I'm taking notes. I can see Caleb is taking notes. (laughs) (laughs) Taking notes. But there's so much to be said, and I I think it really does require a separate time for a separate conversation regarding some of these topics. The one that I'm thinking of is significance. Mm. I know for me, and I don't know if the three of you can relate, there were times where I didn't feel my actions were significant, where I didn't feel my, my presence alone was not significant. And it's, I think a large component of that has to do with what you just mentioned, Casey, the rat race, the thinking that, okay, just because I haven't achieved this, I haven't achieved any level of significance Mm -hmm. just because I haven't built an Amazon type company. Therefore this particular company has no significance. So I just think, I think there's a lot to explore, but for the sake of time, I want to just briefly open this up to other avenues that people can learn more about you connect with your journey and I guess it could say follow your voice to continue on with the theme. <laughs> and I will start with you, Caleb. What are some hey. ways that people can do that? Hey everyone. Uh yes, yeah, so I have a podcast called The Ignite Podcast. It's only one season out right now, but season two is geared up to launch very soon and i'm definitely gonna have oleg and scott the incredible scott and all his energy on season two and definitely you as well casey so glad we got to connect um but yeah so um you can find ignite on uh, instagram at the underscore ignite podcast you can also listen to all of the episodes on any major uh podcasting platform uh you can also find it under the shadows podcast under youtube or on facebook the shadows podcast Mm. mr berman yeah you can find me at leavelawbehind.com i'm a former attorney i help unhappy attorneys to to leave the law for a career that they love uh i want to say scott thanks for calling out that point about what we discussed on your great podcast so i have to go back to that and (laughs) learn from my past self and caleb great to connect with you and I'm looking forward to collaborating with you, but uh, Oleg, thank you again. This is a great, I, I've learned a ton here. You've really made me think. Of course. No, thank you, Scott. Scott, Scott by the way, through, through a, a little uh, bone to Casey when he was talking about leaving, but I don't know if he caught that Casey. I think you remember it, Scott, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I sorry. did. Casey just skated right over that. <laughs> no, I did <laughs> He didn't want his legacy to be known. (laughs) But I wanted it to be known because I think it's a powerful one, Casey. It's already changed my life. Scott Mason's Purpose Highway is how you can find me. Purposehighway.com. The world is changing people. There are new movements out there for people who are seeking to build connection to others through the search for spirituality, ethics, and meaning in brand new ways. Are you ready to join those movements? Are you ready to learn? purposehighway.com. Mm. 
I want to thank the three of you, and I want to thank Jessica and Melody and everyone else that's tuning in or will be replaying this. And as Jessica mentioned, going back and taking notes on some of the things. This, for me, was a very insightful conversation. I mean, there's much that I've pondered upon my own sense of legacy and my voice and what about it is important or what do I choose to give importance and meaning to. So I just I want to thank the three of you for starting this dialogue and Jessica and Melody for contributing to it all and i truly look forward to the discussion that we have next week and outside of that just once again want to thank you guys for for making this happen thank you all for listening to today's episode i hope you enjoyed it as much as we did if you haven't done so already Consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we'll look forward to having you next time.